0: Hello! Thank you for coming to this video. This is the Cardano Aura. This is the podcast where I bring the people on that add value to the Cardano ecosystem. It's the Cardano's Use and Utility Podcast. Today's episode was with Frederick, the new CEO of the Cardano Foundation. Um, The reason this episode was not live um, is because he was on a limited time span and I had to send the questions in before, Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I also wanted to say that this podcast is being conducted as a Cardano ambassador, um, not as a stake pool operator. Um, They they wanted me to make an important distinction about that uh, because the Cardano Foundation does not want to represent any stake pools. Um, And and that's fair. I I understand where they're coming from. Um, but uh, So the one advertisement that I can do is the Brave Browser. Um, If you guys want to block ads, be paid in cryptocurrency, um, and just overall have a, a fast browser, Brave is the one to do it. Google and Microsoft actually just blocked ad blockers within their browsers. So the only place you can do it now is either Firefox or Brave, and you know the choice to make. The link's down below. Um, If you guys enjoyed this video, please leave a like. Click that notification bell right here. Click all notifications. It supports me and my channel, and it's free. Also, leave a comment down below if you enjoyed the video. Um, okay, yeah, the first the first part, uh, it, it might come off a little weird because of jumping right into it. Uh, we were talking about flame swords in video games. It was kind of the chat before we started the actual podcast. Um, but it, for me, it was interesting to hear his opinion um, about video games and kind of how they have these Really, these assets, right? These these whether it's a flame sword or if it's a skin for a gun, um, it was cool just hearing his opinion on that and kind of how blockchain can be used for that. So just ignore that first part; you can skip past it if you don't like it. I just thought it was interesting, so I'm going to include it. Right after that part, we start the uh, the Cardano aspect of it. So I hope you guys enjoy it.
1: There's not a lot of legislation around that, and people trust the games a lot, right? And if you think about it, right, around scarcity and so on, right? If you go in and do a new flaming fire sword. You know, what would actually happen on the the supply and demand side on on the various platforms when you're trying to buy one or just bought one, right? And then the developer just, you know, issues another hundred of those, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a whole market economy in there, which people don't really realize. And they're just so hard They trust these brands like we trusted banks, you know, 20 years ago, right? so yeah, some exactly. Of the places become yeah, because it's new-
0: just an infinite amount of those flame swords, you know? So there's really yeah. no way to, to really look at um, kind of like a ledger to see, uh, how many there are in general, and really, if there's a limit or a cap, you know, because it really yeah, probably but, entered just from the probability of getting the sword itself, you know. So. Voila,
1: right? And if you think about it, if you put a little bit of blockchain into that, you know, what would actually happen with the supply and demand on that, right? So right now, mm-hmm. they're living of this very, you know, the brand and the, you know, the, the ability to market and the, the ability to get your attention, right? But when these things get a little bit bigger than they are today, I think, you know, there would definitely be some room for some ledger technology in there.
0: Yeah, for sure, especially as the transactions per second is optimized and more can be built on top. But um mm-hmm. we can go ahead and get started. Um first off, I just want to say thank you for everyone clicking on this video today. Um today I have Frederick with me. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview. I know that you just started the Cardano Foundation, so um you have a very busy schedule and we're just, and it's it really just happened recently, so I appreciate you getting me in so early. Of course. Happy to
1: be here and happy to connect, huh? I'm yeah. looking forward to a fantastic dialogue in the next thirty minutes, and hopefully we can cover a lot of ground, huh?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, really, the first thing I want to talk about today is for people that are just getting into Cardano. Um, what is the Cardano Foundation?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a very good question. So I guess if people just coming into Cardano, they understand now that Cardano is. Is um, is a way to represent value, uh, identity, and uh, governance um, on a piece of, let's say, a set of protocol, software, and hardware, right? And uh, it's a community-led project. And the development company, the product company, and, and also the brain behind that is IOG or IRHK, as they were known before. And they're basically, they're building, they're building the technology, right? And the, the idea about the foundation is really to, uh, to ensure that uh, longer term than just a balance sheet or generation, that we enable the architects of the future and not the victims. It is really about to bring a new standard in technology, about an open and inclusive to challenge the old and activate a new age of sustainability and global distributed innovation. And all of that you know has a lot of you know, B words in it, right? You would have heard that a lot. And you say, what does that really mean? And so on, right? And I think we have some different phases as the technology is being deployed, which is super exciting right now as, as the technology finally is coming out, right? And I think the first part is we need, our, we, ha- we are supporting the community and we are supporting IoT around deployment, decentralization, governance, augmentation and onboarding. So let me speak a little bit around maybe onboarding and governance a bit right so and the onboarding right there's a you know as the technology kind of gets out there new use groups you know new developer types new companies is coming there and as we are going to be the holders of the blueprint of the Canano blueprint in the future and as the community will then vote on you know where this project goes we are also taking on the role to actually ensuring that that there, this is being documented, that people have access to, to proper testing environments, that people have access to layer one and layer two infrastructure, that people can trust that the longevity of the project and so on. So we are actually a part of that community and we need to be better in kind of defining our role of it because we are we as the Canada Foundation are not the builders right now and nor will we be it in the future, right? So we have a very different role to play. And I think that's a fantastic part of the concept about this trinity and around the, all the companies who's already now engaging with us, is that we all have our role to play, but we're all guided by the same vision, the same kind of end result, the same way of, of seeing the world. But we also have some economic incentives in that, um, as we have chosen as a foundation, for instance, to be uh, very native in uh, in our in our capital model, right? So we are still uh you know funded by the original um cryptocurrencies right and we haven't just you know exchanged all of that to fiat because you know actually we have to pay salaries in fiat and all those things right
0: mm-hmm.
1: so so i think there's a lot of incentives around that and, and motivation but uh, we, we will also do a bit of a larger job around communicating uh, where we're going in the future as a foundation but i hope this opened up a let's say a, a bit of the pandora box for you
0: yeah, I really appreciate it. I just, I, from my perspective, there's a lot of new people coming in this ecosystem from Shelley, and then now with Gogan being announced, uh, being announced and I'm really already having a little bit of Gogan here today with metadata transactions and, and more yeah. coming in December and February and March. So I think it's important for all the new people that are here to really kind of start at a base level about what the Cardano Foundation is. And you did a good job explaining um, their part in that trinity. So I really appreciate that. So, what is the five-year plan for the Cardano Foundation now that now that you're here?
1: Oh, that's not set in stone right now. So there mm-hmm. is uh, an existing plan when I arrived, right? And I, I have a have a strong view of where we're going, and I'm in a close dialogue also with uh, with Charles and the council, and also, you know, who are the people who is going to guide us in the future? Uh, who are they actually, right? And how I look at it, the people who are going to guide us in the future uh, are the enterprises, is the digital autonomous organizations and the people who rely, use, build uh, on the Cardano infrastructure. And we need to get closer to them and understand what is their needs and, and so forth, because the blockchains, uh, the ledgers, and the, the, the economic identity that gives you a part of the equation. But um, if, if we want to scale in the way we want to do and touch the lives Really matter in the scale we want to do and and have a platform for social good. Well, that has to be a lot bigger, and therefore we need to go through the organizations who's already today are servicing you know millions of people or, or thousands of people, and they have some requests around how does good infrastructure look like, and there we probably need to educate them a bit on the future is already here, right? So cloud is here that changed the game massively, right? But it took also ages to implement. Um, What is, how does security look like? Is it an architecture or is it a business process, right? We believe it's an architecture. You know, how do you you change the processes and the, the assurance around that? How do you do the documentation and those things? So that's where we're going to be very much in the system and very much working towards. And the other part is the governance. So the governance is extremely important. So what I really love about the Cardano project is that we're also talking about governance as a service, so the governance model we are issuing, and uh, so I say we, is a Cardano value web, uh, mainly led by IRG, right? Would we'll be able to be also used for other tokens or for other systems of for voting systems and so forth. And, uh, but it also means how is the how is the project changing, right? And I think, you know, what people need to understand is if, if, if let's say a hospital would implement the, the Cardano infrastructure for some of the ledgers, for very sick people and so on, you don't do mistakes in there. You actually rather will have an old infrastructure who actually always works and nobody can do a change into it. But we're talking about a decentralized community-led infrastructure. So how do we bridge that paradox, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a huge paradox there. And that is exactly where we as the foundation has to go and be front running and be the spearheading around that.
0: So what hums do you see in the road along that way, specifically with – institutions, like you said, hospitals, there there can be no mess ups, right? So how do you convince someone who's been on the old system for thus long and or thus far, and um, how do you convince them that this is the future and the future is already here, like you said? So I don't have a
1: crystal ball, right? Um, mm-hmm. I just have to, to trust my experience and trust the successes I've had over the years and trust the amazing team and the amazing community I have around me. But um, in essence, Um, I think I've said it a few times now, both today and also in the past. I had a really big aha feeling uh, or maybe an epiphany moment because I was this rational guy. You know, if you can show shareholder value, if you can do things cheaper, if you can get more clients and you can get more sticky. And why wouldn't you do it? And it turns out there's this little, you know, funny thing which is called humans. And we are very much emotional driven and very much political driven. And, and you need to kind of, you need to acknowledge that and design towards that. And I think even though we would have the best technology in the world, which we most likely will be when we are actually finally launching this, this will be a unicorn, right? Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get worldwide adoption out of it. So the human aspects and the culture and the legacy infrastructure and legacy value sets people are running around with, we need to start addressing that. And to do that, um, we need to design for that, right? So that's also how we're speaking about, you know, how we're going to grow the organization with the Canano Foundation. It's uh, how we want to operate, it's how we want to talk, it's how we want to interact. But it's also going to be driven a lot through academia and over time where we need to prove the value of this. And we need to probably, even though I always say, let's go for the most complex regulatory problems first, because that's where we can show the most value. We sometimes have to take the low-hanging fruits, Right. And, and prove ourselves through the system by proving that this actually works and it scales. Huh? And it's also that it's interoperable, that people don't get stuck into one infrastructure and they can't get away from it. Right. So the, the, the fact that the architecture is designed in such a way that you can always get back to other systems. I think that's amazing. But that's also something we need to prove in the, the deployment. Right. And that part is not deployed yet. Huh? But that's some of the amazing things you're going to see coming out of IoT and the Cardano project in the future.
0: Yeah. So you said that you need to analyze people and specifically their values. And, and that's going to be a lot of, there's going to be different values in different cultures. So um, mm-hmm. from analyzing those, are you trying to divide or derive incentives from analyzing those values? Uh,
1: well, yes and no. So I think incentives fits more in our governance model, right? So we need to understand when we design these governance models, what incentivize people and what you know what is the possibilities and what does fairness actually mean? Because fair for some is not fair for others, and what incentivizes some people doesn't incentivize other people. Mm-hmm. So I think that belongs more on the governance part. Um, but yeah, no, um, very, very open and very honestly speaking, right? Uh, we need to understand. You know what is the bridges we need to cover, that that large, you know, you know business critical and life critical infrastructures choose to build their stuff on us what do we what is the delta there? and we have a lot of hypotheses and I think the way the protocol is built is fantastic but there's a lot of work to be done there because this is just so ingrained into sometimes people just don't know. it's just designed into the you know into the procurement process that they cannot say yes to somebody who don't have an incorporation for instance right and that's because the whole legal system in the world is built on, You know that how you punish people is that you go to where they're incorporated, or you end by one final person, right? But in a in a a really community-led decentralized system, if something goes wrong in the infrastructure, you know how can you even ensure that? How can you punish them if there's no legal incorporation, right? So there's some let's say some fundamental questions, and also some time who needs to you know pass before we get to a stage where we can, where we really can get the full benefits out of what we are proposing and what we are showing the world here. And on that journey, we can do a lot. And I think that's where we need to kind of look at what's the art of the possible. You know, what is our killer apps? You know, what, what can we deploy out there where people can rip it apart because it's open source? It's a free language, right? And then put the the, the local change the, the local changes right. So we we speak I speak a lot about local first. We need to fix the small local economies. We need to fix the local business models before we can start fixing, uh, you know, the big picture. And I think we've forgotten that a little bit in the globalization we're having now.
0: Yeah, that's really insightful. I appreciate your response on that. Um, one thing I was really curious about um, is really your your history in banking. Um, And and the way Cardano is designed is we start off with the peer-reviewed papers, um, and that was really just to have a way to give institutions kind of a proof, you know, a a proof of the design. So um, do you feel that um, bankers will actually kind of take on Cardano because of the peer-reviewed process, or is that kind of something that's not really important to them and it's really more important to um, more academic and industries?
1: So I need to validate my hypothesis around that. But um, in the last four years, i built up a blockchain practice for PwC and I've been part of ex- a lot of projects um, where we also recommended infrastructure. And Cardano was never on our radar for recommending infrastructure. You know, out of two reasons. One, it was not fully deployed. But the other reason was, I mean, it's not that many people who can read those academic papers. hmm I mean, let's face it. I mean, I don't know. Have you read any of the 70 papers?
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're they're pretty complex. I definitely have yeah. to skim over some parts.
1: So, so in banking, banking is 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 actually uh, it's um uh, is an is a is an art and a craft at the same time. So we lost the art in banking a bit due to regulation and due to anti-money laundering and a lot of other things, right? Consumer protection. So we lost the art a bit. So it really became a craft. And what I mean about a craft is that. It's really everything is documented as policies and procedures for everything. We always, you know, ask the lawyer three times before we move on something. Uh, so the art is a bit lost there. And if you look at the academic papers, I think they prove that it is possible to build a system like that, but they're written in a language, not many bankers or not many CEOs for that matter would, would even understand. And then, you know, the, Technology is being deployed right now, right? But it needs a lot of documentation around how that actually works. And what the bankers will do is, because they're very regulated entities, right? And the same is the insurance companies and the same is the government, right? But what they go is to go to the financial service authorities and they basically say, you know, what is the minimal requirements for being able to do something here, right? And then, you know, there's some very clear minimal requirements to do that. So if we would convince them that there's enough value and they then go to the to the Financial Service authorities and the Financial Service Authority says, Oh, sorry, that doesn't work. Well, then we're back to scratch, right? And those papers is not what the Financial Service Authorities look at. They look at the deployment, they look at the real infrastructure, who is there. You know, how does that work? How is that described? And how secure and safe is that? And that's where we speak, of, it's a little bit nerdy now, where we, where we speak about something called a SOC 1 and a SOC 2 reports. So, this is specific control reports who's proving that thing does. What is supposed to do right so uh, so in banking we always speak about you know you know a book is great but you know it's how the how is the nuts and bolts in the in the actual engine room actually working that is what's important from the legal liability and from the authorities and um, that's a part of also the role we as the foundation will take over time
0: yeah that's another very insightful answer because um, there's really no way for average people in the community to know what bankers Kind of base that on, and it's it's nice to know that you need to kind of have a, a working system and some evidence versus um, kind of academic papers, you know, for at least the banking industry.
1: But don't get me wrong; I think the academic approach is amazing, and it's one of the reasons why I am very proud that the Kadana community have adopted me, and 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 you know uh, that I can call the Kadana Foundation my new business home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if you would just do a fork on a first version of, 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 a, of a blockchain infrastructure, and then you try and you know repair it, it wouldn't work. So I think the part that we went back to the whiteboards and really thought hard around what is the, you know, we proven with Bitcoin and, and, and the blockchain there that it actually works, but not everything works. So we didn't get the full scale out of what we could have gotten out of it. So we actually identified what was the big problems there, right? And then we went back to the drawing board and really redesigned everything from scratch. And then instead of throwing that out to a lot of hackers and say, you know, well, now we deployed, come and take our money, right? Or come and change the governance or come and take over the system. We actually took an academic approach with, you know, double blindfolded presentations and so on. Right. And it's a super hard and very long approach. And that basically proved that it works. And now the second level of security is now, as it's being deployed in the test nets and so on. Now there's access to all of the tech nerds and all the hackers and all the people who really, you know, you know, they they tested the the they take it like the Rubik's cube and they spin it around and see if it really works like we said it would work, right? So in this way, I believe we will get a much more resilient infrastructure than we would have done if we would just base it on a copy paste or a hard fork of another protocol and then just change the consensus algorithm. So I think it's a great approach, but it's just it's just not what the bankers it's not an added value right now for the bankers before we have a deployment, which they can look at and get a third party uh, assurance around.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, i the academic model was one of the reasons I got so interested in Cardano in the first place, right? Because you get the best of both worlds, like you said. Not only do you have the academic process, you still have the afterwards when the code's released. You have the hackers that'll come in and and kind of mess with the nuts and bolts and see if that's so. In but there are a lot of industries. At least um, my assumption is there's a lot of industries that are interested in the academic side of things and and do look yeah. at these papers, you know. So. And and
1: and by good means, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean what we're looking at is i mean i think it was google who once said that you need to look or you need to get exposed to seven different points around you before you do a buying uh, decision right so they're looking at you know okay so page impressions uh, advertisement maybe a chatbot and so on right and and trust is a little bit the same way right so one part is this nagging feeling you have downstairs you know in your tummy and you think you know is this really something can i really trust that And the more people which is not connected to each other, or the more organizations or institutions who kind of confirm that there is something here, the better you feel, right? And it's it's I think it's a part of how the human brain works, right? Because it's not that logical that just because seven people or seven organizations not connected says this is good, that it means to be good, right? But that's just how we are, right? And then if people like great people from academia who's been, you know, who lives by, you know, basically Disproving or, or basically finding holes in the cheese and other people's dissertations, right? If they also think there's something here, right? That just counts very high on that scale. Huh? And that's kind of building these trust layers around it, which I think is so important because it is a revolutionary way of doing it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're jumping around here a little bit, but um, sorry about just, that. Just go no, back it's no on worries. track. No, not I'm jumping around, not you. Uh, my next question was uh, what do you, since you just, essentially uh, became the CEO of the Cardano Foundation. Um, From your experience there for the past month, what do you think the biggest weaknesses are and and what are you going to do to try to improve on those weaknesses?
1: I think the biggest weakness is there's a misunderstanding of what can we do and what can we not do. and obviously, you know, c- the brutal, honest communication and uh, accountability and transparency is things I'm going to use around that, right? So people really understand what we can do, because if people understand what is the purpose of the Cardano Foundation and what can we influence and what can't we influence, they will be able to guide us and uh, we'll be able to scale much better, right? So I think this is probably the, one of the larger things um, I, I found in the first month. So i was a bit aware of it but i was probably not aware of of to what degree that was Um, and the second thing is 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 showing what's possible i think uh, blockchain economic identity um, staking all of those things it's really hard to imagine what you can actually do and to do that you may have to make it tangible you have to make some implementations you have to make some deployments you have to do something which people can feel they can grasp they can see the business models right and uh, i think that's going to be a that, that's going to be one of the magic points when we start you know being able to facilitate and broker more of these solutions uh, around the value web which we're sitting in
0: yeah thank you for that um so i i read an article and it was around when you first became the ceo and you sent that the Cardano Foundation remains independent, and that was in response to a lot of people calling for um, an elected board um, and a bunch of other things. And and I think it's really based on what you just said: is um, people aren't really sure of what you can do. You know, um, mm. so what efficiencies come from there not being an elected board and, and the Cardano Foundation remaining independent? Because I know that that was that was that was the initial design of the Cardano Foundation in the first place, um, because of those efficiencies.
1: So I'm actually all in for uh, having a fantastic board, and it's called the council, right? And we have a really, we have a very good council today, right? So, but uh, you know, I think I think in the future we will need to get closer to some of those uh, not weak points, but we need to get closer into the capability sets and get, um, you know, get more help. I would say, right? So one of the things I would love to have in the in, in the council or in an advisory board would be like a a medical doctor who works for you know a pharmaceutical company who can really explain you know and understands blockchain but can really bridge that gap between you know a life critical infrastructure as it is to design a pill with all sorts of chemicals which is supposed to you know battle cancer or battle covid-19 or whatever that is right um so i think there's uh, i'm actually all for that um but we are when i when i answered that question it just meant that you know um the legal structure of a Swiss foundation is that there is no shareholders. There is no owners. It's a self-owned organization, right? And uh, I would love to have a a situation in the future where also Voltaire can be used um, to maybe in the future, maybe get, you know, the opportunity also for getting some more uh, community-led council members in there. But it's just very important that people have to understand that the legal structure of a Swiss foundation is not that You know, it is independent and there's a legislation and a supervisory authorities around that. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's not possible to um, to get all sorts of different qualifications into the council. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just really curious about that um, because I just I mean, personally, I didn't know the efficiencies, but it's nice to have some more information about um, that's really how Swiss foundations are are made. And that's the kind of legislation around that.
1: But maybe if I go one step deeper, right, because I think that's where people missed the point, maybe also about the article. When I say we would would remain independent is that um, so the founding fathers of the Cardano, they basically set forward a mission statement and a very, very strict uh, way forward on how the Cardano Foundation, you know, what what defines success. And under the, the Swiss legislation, we cannot just change that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we could change that from day to day, you know, we could get a bias and change totally to another direction. And if you want to have an entity who protects the Cardano value creation for the generations to come, it is super important that it doesn't get driven by short term greed or short term uh, incentives. Or it cannot just be taken over by people who has a totally different vision. Right. And I think that is the trick of it, and that is the beauty of doing a foundation like it is, right? Because you cannot just change the vision. So if I go totally left, and that is against the founding ideas and the principles, I I have to be accountable for that, and I will be replaced. And there there's checks and balances. Who goes back and actually put me in place, right? And I think the idea about this is that we are the entity who looks. On a longer time scale so even if the pressure goes up tremendously, we are supposed to have the long view beyond the balance sheet beyond the generations and then other parts of the ecosystem like imurco, right they're all about adoption and you know execution right now and the venture capital arm and so on right and IOG is focused on bringing this amazing new standard and technology out there right now but they're also on a deadline right and and our deadline is just a bit longer and I think that's why the you know, that's why they chose this kind of legal setup. But it also has some it also has some disadvantages, right? So mm-hmm. if we figure out right now that, you know, the Cardano protocol does not work or you cannot do exactly what these papers from academia actually wrote, there's only a limited amount of, of moving space uh, where you can move in. Uh, so it takes time to, to change that. There's some, you know, uh, holding periods or freezing periods around how, when you can change vision statements and so forth.
0: Yeah, thank you for that.
1: That's probably what didn't come out in the article, which could have been more clear there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of the issue with reading articles. But um, I've really never looked at it in that perspective. And I don't think um, much other people have. So I really appreciate that. Um, We are running out of time. So I just wanted to say thank you for coming on. Um, I had a great time. And and all of your answers were very insightful. And um, it's definitely going to have me think about the Cardano Foundation in a different way. um, And I'm looking forward to the future. And if there's anything that you'd like to say before we hop off here?
1: Uh, not really. I, I really enjoyed the talk as well, and I'm I'm hoping we, you know, if if there's content for it, we can we can do more talks. I mean, you represent the community, right? So you also understand what people want to, you know, when they got too much uh, streaming and not. But uh, I am an engine room guy, very much, right? I'm very much focused on execution, and I would definitely enjoy talking more strategy and more about the purpose of the Cardano Foundation, but also how we can get more activation in the community in the future together with you. And also get your feedback. And um, yeah, also, I would also like to talk about DeFi, for instance, and what we can do there. Because I think there's a lot of DeFi cases coming up in the future. Um, and I think, uh, you know, why not, right? And as you yeah. said, are insightful with the metadata and, and also now the multi-asset support. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a new wave in, in blockchain and that's called DeFi and we need to ensure that that's being used for social good and and also used to bank the unbanks and it's very close to the to the idea about Cardano, right so so let's have a bit focus on that and let's start building on that because we can do something there already so if i my last word would probably be let's enable the architects of the future and architects they build so let's start building and I'm not talking about Cardano and I'm talking about all of you guys out there who's just craving for, you know, for doing something with Cardano. I think you can already do something. So, you know, get in touch with us or start looking at it because we cannot do everything. We're not finished yet. Right. But you can do some things already now.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It's a great closing closing. I would love to uh, do this again in the future. Uh, I know you're very busy. So if some time slot opens up. Uh, we could definitely do this for, um, you know, I like to do the long form stuff, you know, like an hour or two, but I knew that you were a busy CEO. You just got started. So I really appreciate you coming by today and I hope you have a good rest of your day.
1: Likewise, let's start by some half hours so or maybe up to an hour and then uh, let's, let's, let's go on from there.
0: Yeah. An hour is just fine. That's usually what I like to shoot for, but thank you.
1: All right. Have a good day and thank you, you very much. Huh?